Well, we're in this series that we kicked off last week called Own It, Own It. And we're helping to break free from excuses so that we can own our life and experience all that God has for us. And there was a man who recently went to his local gym and he went there, he was frustrated and he went there to cancel his membership. And he said to the person at the front desk, he said, when I signed up, I was given a brochure. And that brochure listed all kinds of benefits to me signing up to this gym. That brochure you gave me said I would look better, I would feel better, I would have more energy, and I would accomplish more in my life. That brochure, I read all of it. It said I'd be healthier and stronger. But none of those things have happened. And the employee looked up the man's records in the computer and said, excuse me, sir, but it says that you've only been to the gym four times this past year. It looks like you signed up, but you didn't show up. And some of you feel like this man when it comes to your relationship with God. When you began your relationship with the Lord, you heard about all the benefits of being a child of God. You were excited. You were full of expectations about what God was going to do in your life. Come on, you said the prayer. You signed up in your heart to be a Christian, but you're not experiencing all the benefits. You, you find yourself frustrated with God. You, some of you are mad at God. You're wondering if this Christianity thing is real. You're wondering if the promises of God are really true because they're sure not working for you. And the problem for a lot of people is they've signed up, but they're not showing up. They're not doing the theme verse of this series that I taught you last Sunday. And church, if you missed last Sunday's message, you have to go watch the sermon on YouTube today. Please, please, church, I'm serious about this. You have to go watch the message from last Sunday. The theme verse of this series is Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12. It says, therefore, my dear friends... As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out. Come on, everybody, shout, work out. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Paul says we need to work out what God is working in us. And we learned last week that we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Church, understand this. To seek success in 2024, we have to overcome excuses and own our life. And today, I want to talk to you about how you need to own your relationship with God. You can't just sign up to be a Christian and then not show up and expect your relationship with God to flourish. It's your responsibility. I want you to catch this at the beginning of the message. It's your responsibility to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Question, are you stuck spiritually because you're not working out your salvation? Are you compromising in areas of your life? Are you lukewarm and just going through the motions? Are you living in sin because you're not working out your salvation with fear and trembling? I want us to look at a story in the Bible about a man who was stuck spiritually. 
He was lukewarm. He compromised. He was living in sin and was trying to cover up his sin. He wasn't owning his relationship with God. Today, if you have a Bible with you, just open it up to Psalm chapter 51. If you have your uh, phone and you can open up a Bible, open it up to Psalm chapter 51, Psalm chapter 51, Psalm chapter 51. It is a record or a journal entry of David's prayer to God after he had made the biggest mistake of his life. David had abused his power. He committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. He had her husband murdered. He tried to cover it all up. The man who was known as a man after God's own heart had drifted away from God. He was living in sin. He was playing church games. He was making excuses. Instead of owning his relationship with God, he was trying to cover up his sin. Until one day, the prophet Nathan confronted David about his sin. And from that moment, David was confronted with, from, with his sin. From that moment on, something shifted inside of David and he began to own his relationship with God. And today, here's my hope. Here's my prayer for you today, People's Church, is that something would shift inside of you and you would begin to own your relationship with God. I, I want to show you how David began to own his relationship with God and I'm believing you're going to own your relationship with God. David signed up and then he began to show up. Come on, for all of my note takers, get your pen, your paper ready. Get your phone ready. Take some good notes today for all of my non-note takers. Get your pen and paper ready. Get your phone ready. Take some good notes. I want to help you own your relationship with God. Number one is this. Six ways, six ways, six ways to own your relationship with, with God. Six ways to show up and not just sign up. Number one, you have to own your sin. Own your sin. After David was confronted with his sin, he finally began to own it. You see it right there in Psalm chapter 51, in verse number three and four. He said, wash away all my iniquity, God, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. David was owning his sin. He said, notice, my iniquity, my sin, my transgressions, my sin. He said, I sinned. David acknowledged and confessed his sin. David was done. He was, he was done with blaming people and circumstances for his sin. He said, I sinned. I did wrong. I blew it. And if you're going to own your sin, you have to acknowledge and confess your sin to God. You can't blame others. You can't make excuses. You can't justify it. You can't dismiss it. You can't ignore it. You can't hide it. You have to show up by owning your sin. You have to acknowledge your sin and then confess your sin. I want you to listen to what David goes on to say there in Psalm chapter number 51, he said in verse number nine, hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquity. David understood the importance of acknowledging and confessing his sin to God. Matter of fact, David said this in, in, in Psalm chapter 32 and verse number five. I want you to hear what he says. Then I acknowledged 
my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. If you want to own your relationship with God and not just sign up, but show up, you have to acknowledge and confess your sin to God. I love what 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we own confessing, God owns forgiving. Acknowledge and confess your sin to God. Number two is this. How do we own our relationship with God? How do we work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Number two, jot this down. You have to own repenting before God. David didn't just sign up for a relationship with God. He showed up by repenting before God. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 2, he said, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David didn't want to continue in his sin. He, he, he was no longer justifying his sin. He was no longer making excuses for his sin. He wanted to change. He wanted, to, he, he wanted his heart to be different. He wanted his life to be different. And so David said in Psalm chapter 51 and verse 7, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Hyssop is a plant. That's what hyssop was. It, it, it was. it was a plant. And matter of fact, you see hyssop throughout the Bible. It was used, this plant. You see it in Exodus chapter number 12 and verse 22. It was used by the Israelites to put the lamb's blood on the doorpost so that the death angel would pass by their home. They used hyssop to put the blood and, and, and then the death angel passed by because they were covered by the blood. And, and in Exodus, in, in Leviticus chapter number 14, verse number four and verse number six, it was used to cleanse defiled skin. And, and in Leviticus chapter 14, verse four, 49 through verse number 52, the, the hyssop was used to cleanse mold in homes. In Numbers chapter number 19 and verse number six, it was used to make the water of cleaning that would be used to cleanse the people. You see, hyssop used. David was saying, God, take the hyssop that was used to cleanse the people and use the cleanse homes, use the cleanse people's lives and cleanse the temple and use it, Lord, cleanse my heart, cleanse my life. David wanted to be clean on the inside. If you want to show up and not just sign up, you have to repent of your sin. When you show up, you don't want to just be forgiven. You want to be changed. Is there anybody in 2024 that wants God to change your life? Come on. You want change. You want, you want change. Number three, number three, number three. How do you own your relationship with God? You have to own prayer. Own prayer. The entire chapter of Psalm 51 is David's prayer to God. David did not allow his sin to stop him from praying. He was filled with shame, guilt, fear, and regret, but he didn't just sign up. He showed up, and he allowed those emotions that he was feeling to drive him to pray to God. Let me tell you something about the dirty, conniving, deceptive, evil, stinking devil. 
He will try to use your sin to drive a wedge in between you and God. Matter of fact, Scripture says in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 10, it calls him the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us day and night, the Scripture says. All day long. You know what that devil does? He hurls accusations about you. Look at their sin. Look at that stupid decision. You're a lousy Christian. You're a loser. Look at how you talk to people. Look at how you treat people. You're not a good Christian. And the devil, his goal is he wants to drive a wedge between you and God. But I'm here to tell somebody, no matter what you've done or where you are in life, you keep going to God in prayer. I know you made a mistake, but keep going to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer every single day. You got to pray. Come on, pray every day. Get up in the morning and pray. Come on, on coming to 6 a.m. prayer. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. When that alarm goes off at 515 I might hit the snooze buzz and I'm getting up to get up to pray with my church I can't get number two amens in the house today boy I tell you, you got got quiet about prayer at 6 a.m huh you got you got to own your prayer life you got to own it you got to own praying first pray first own it before you go to work pray before you go to school pray come on before you make that purchase pray Before you cut somebody out, pray. Yeah, some of you need to right there, right there. You need to pray first so that you don't do that. Show up. Don't just sign up. Number four, number four, write this down. Number four, you have to own your desperation for the presence of God. In Psalm chapter 51, number, verse number 11, here's what David said. God, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. David knew how much he needed the presence of God. You see, David had known the presence of God since he was a boy. David knew it was God's presence that helped him defeat the lion and the bear when he was taking care of his daddy's sheep and the lion and the bear showed up and David defeated them. He, he knew it was God's presence that helped him defeat the giant named Goliath. He knew it was God's presence that helped him escape King Saul when he was trying to kill David. He knew it was God's presence that helped him become the king of Israel. David knew all of his successes came because he knew the presence of God and the presence of God was with him and David was desperate for the presence of God. He called out, oh God, don't take your presence from me. I need your presence. I need the presence of God. And when you start owning your relationship with God, you realize how much you need the presence of God. You become desperate for the presence of God. Is there anybody else like David that you know that you're where you are because of the presence of God? Come on, you don't deserve it, but God's been good to you. He's blessed you. Every good and perfect gift has come from above and you need the presence of God on your life and when you know how much you need the presence of God on your life you confess your sin to God you repent of your sin because you don't want to lose the presence of God on your life you'll cry out to God like David oh God don't take your presence from me oh God when you show up like David you have a desperation for the presence of God God I need your presence I'm desperate for your presence I don't want to move without your presence I need the presence of God on my life number five is this Number five, how do you own your relationship with God? You have to own worshiping God. I want you to see this right there in Psalm chapter 51, 
verse number 14, David said, deliver me from the blood, blood, the guilt of bloodshed. David had Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, killed. And he said, oh God, you who are my savior, my tongue, my tongue will sing of your righteousness. He said, open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. I know David had to be weary from his sin. His heart was heavy because of his sin. The guilt was strong, but he knew the importance of worshiping God. He didn't let his sin, his shame, his guilt detour him from praising God. In the middle of owning his sin, owning repenting, owning prayer, owning the presence of God, David knew he needed to own worshiping God. David knew the power of praise and worship. It was David who wrote these words in Psalm chapter 34 and verse number one. David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you own your worship, you bless the Lord at all times. You say, God, I'm going to bless you at all times. In good times and bad times, I'm going to bless the Lord. In high moments and in low moments, I'm going to bless the Lord. When you did, did right and when you did wrong, you're going to bless the Lord when you're strong and when you're weak, when you feel like it and when you don't. Some of you need to start owning, worshiping God. Don't let your sin, don't let your mistakes, don't let your failure stop you from worshiping a holy God. We don't worship because we're worthy. We worship because God is worthy. Church, I said God is worthy. I said God is worthy to be worshiped. Don't let your feelings stop you from worshiping God because God is worthy. Don't let your problems stop you from worshiping God because God is worthy. Worship is not about how good you are. It's about how good God is. Can I tell you, we serve a good God who's worthy of all the praise because God is good. We worship him. I lift my voice because God is good. I lift my hands because God is good. I raise my praise because God is good. We got to show up with worship. We got to show up with praise. Our God is worthy to be praised. I'll praise him in pain. I'll praise him when my stomach hurts. I'll praise him when I'm a little weak. My God is worthy to be praised. I can't get any help in the house of the Lord today. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I better get off that point. I'm going to get stuck right there because I He's worthy of all the praise. I'm going to own my worship. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. I'm going to lift my hands to heaven. I'm going to lift my shout to heaven. Because you're worthy on a good day. You're worthy on a bad day. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. I'm going to own my praise. I'm, I'm going to own worship. I come in the house of the Lord. Nobody got to worship God for me. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. I enter his gates with thanksgiving. You're worthy. 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 You're worthy of the praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Point number six. We just took a little praise break. Some of you new to people's church today. Welcome. It was a praise break. <laughs> Amen. Number six. Number six. Number six. How do you own your relationship with God? You have to own your spiritual growth. One of the big lessons we learned from David 
is at the lowest point of his life, he owned his spiritual growth. Even though he sinned big time against God, he still wanted to be more like God. He wanted to please God. He wanted to obey God. He wanted to follow God. And I want you to listen to the heartfelt cry of a man who was desperate for God. In Psalm 51 and verse 10, David said, Create in me a pure heart. O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. The cry of his heart was to have a pure and a steadfast spirit. He wanted to be faithful to God. And so he prayed, Psalm chapter 51, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David knew that joy comes from following God. And not only does joy come from following God, but peace comes from following God. Hope comes from following God. Love comes from following God. Blessings come from following God. Let me say it to you like this, People's Church. 2024 will be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. If it's your best year spiritually. If you will follow and obey Jesus, it will be your best year ever. David cried out, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He didn't want a stubborn heart. He did not want a rebellious heart. He wanted a heart that followed after God because joy, peace, hope, love, blessings come from God as your pastor. I want you to have a heart to follow and to obey the Lord because I truly want 2024 to be your best year ever. And for that to happen, it has to be your best year spiritually. You have to follow and obey God. I shared this story last year, but I want to share it again because it marked my life as a football player. When I was playing football and we woke up, I was moved to running back and, and I was learning the running back plays and there was a counter play that step one way, get the ball and I'd run through the hole. And I was running that counter play. They call it frequently. I'd run the counter play, but I was getting clobbered by the linebacker. The linebacker was killing me. And one day in practice, coach said, Cooper, you're running the play wrong, son. He said, wait on the guard. He said, what? He said, when you step, the guard pulls. Wait, you're getting in front of, you're running, you're going so quick, you're beating the guard through the hole. If you will wait on the guard, the guard will pull and he will block the linebacker for you. Shazam. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's how the play works. And I would wait on the guard. I scored so many touchdowns my senior year waiting on the guard and running the play the way the coach designed it. And so many, so many people are getting killed in life because they aren't running the play God's way. They're running their own plays and wondering why it's not working. You, you got to run God's play. You got to do things God's way. And for one year, everybody shout one year. For one year, I want you to run the play. And at the end of 2024, your life will be better because of it. For one year, run the spiritual play. Get your phone out and take a picture of this. You say, Pastor, you showed this to us last year. I did, but some of y'all didn't do it. 
And you wonder, I wonder why it didn't work out. I wonder why my life, why things didn't go. I wonder what happened. Run the spiritual play. Take a picture of this. Run the play. Faithfully pray and read God's word every day. One year, come on, every day. Just get up, even if it's a one verse a day. Pray and read God's word every single day. It'll make all the difference in your life if you will prioritize time with God. Run the spiritual play. Worship in God's house faithfully. I want you to make it a goal to worship in God's house faithfully. Matter of fact, today, pick how many Sundays you're going to be in church. 50 Sundays this year, I'm going to worship. 48, I'm going to be in church. 45, some of you are about to... Pass out as I say them numbers because you're like, Pastor, I'm, I come once every six weeks. Did you realize if you come once every six weeks, that's like seven times all year? And for your kids, that's like seven times hearing the gospel. Like, how many weeks are you going to come this year to worship in God, God's house faithfully? Matter of fact, that's why we do the four-week challenge. Matter of fact, the four-week challenge starts next Sunday. Why are we doing this? To get you planted in God's house and to give you an opportunity to get your friends and family here so they can get planted in God's house. And the scripture says when you get planted in God's house, you will flourish. That's what we want for your life. And so next week's friends, they get your friends here. Come on, prayer and fasting ends Saturday night. Well, at 11.59, really, it's Sunday morning at 12 a.m. Some of you are going to stay up all day Saturday, all night, so you can eat some good stuff at 12 a.m. Praise God. But that Sunday morning, we'll have donuts here, and we'll have water baptisms. Get your friends here. Get committed to God's house. Some of you, it's been a long time since you've attended four Sundays in a row. Let this be the time. Four Sundays in a row. Get in the habit of coming to church. And then there's small group launch on February the 4th and free crumble cookies on February the 11th. Big game Sunday. Wear your favorite jersey. Enjoy game day food. And there'll be games in the lobby. It's going to be a great Sunday. Then celebration Sunday, February 18th. Why, why are we doing this? Get committed. Get planted in God's house. Worship with the choir. New People's Church merch. Water baptisms. Four-week challenge. Matter of fact, I want you to sign up for it. Right there in your seat, you got that card. You can sign up for the four-week challenge. I think it helps you make a commitment to say, I'm going to be committed to this thing, God. I'm going to be in your house worshiping you. Everybody shout, run the play. Number three is this. Give your life away by serving others faithfully. Give your life away by serving others faithfully. Go ahead and throw that graphic back up because some people, they, they, they didn't quite get the picture. They were, they were thinking about it, but you're going to get the picture now. This right now. Come on. Go ahead and get the run. Give your life away by serving others faithfully. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Would you go to Growth Track beginning February the 4th, four Sundays, learn more about your spiritual gifts, learn more about God, learn more about the church, and then get on the dream team. And don't serve for a week or two or a month or two. Serve faithfully. I'm telling you, when you give your life away, it'll kill selfishness in your heart. You'll quit making church all about you. You'll quit just thinking about what you want. And you'll say, man, I'm here to serve people. I'm here to help people know Jesus. I'm here to make a difference. It'll make all the difference in your life. Number four, number four, grow closer to God and others by attending a small group faithfully. Get in a small. Do these four things. Do these four things all year long. And at the end of the year, I said this to you last year, some of you are going to want to come up and kiss my forehead. Because it's going to be your best year ever. It's going to be your best year ever because it's your best year spiritually. I want to encourage some of my church family today. Would you lead a small group? It could be a Bible study, a men's group, a women's group, a cooking group, a bicycle group. Whatever you're passionate about, turn it into a spiritual group to help people grow closer to God. We have small group training today and next Sunday after the last service in the growth track room. 
or you can get on the People's Church app and click on small groups or the website, click on small groups, pick the campus you attend, and then pick, you select your own small group training day. And we want to train you. It's super simple, but we want to train you and help you to lead a small group to make a difference in the lives of others. And next Saturday, this coming up Saturday, January the 27th, after the prayer service. So the prayer service begins at 9 a.m. It'll end at 10 a.m. So about 10, 10, 10, 15, we're going to have a small group rally at every single location and gather all the small group leaders or all those interested in being a small group leader, and we're going to fire you up with vision. It's going to be a great time right after the prayer service next Saturday. And then small groups launch February the 4th. You'll be able to get on the app, on the website, find a small group that's right for you, and get connected. It'll make all the difference in your life. And then sisterhood, brotherhood. They made me aware of this. You don't want to miss this. Sisterhood, brotherhood. We're launching it on Wednesday, February the 7th with a big party. I heard they told me they're going to have free barbecue for everybody that shows up to brotherhood and sisterhood and free pizza for the kids and for the teenagers. Bring the whole family February the 7th and get connected in a small group. Everybody shout, run the plane. It'll be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually on your relationship with God. Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the way you're speaking to people's hearts. It's, Lord, I, I just, I know you, 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 you gave this to me. This is a life message. Own your relationship with God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I pray that people would do that. They would own their life. They would own where they are. They would own their relationship with you, oh God. And I pray that you would speak to hearts right now. You would transform hearts. Lord, we want to please you. We want to own coming to church. We want to own reading our Bible and praying every day. We want to own serving. We want to own going to small group. We want to own acknowledging and confessing our sin. We want to own repenting. We want to own God, our relationship with you. Have your way in these moments, I pray in Jesus' name. As eyes are closed and heads are bowed, you're here and you don't know the Lord. You're here and I can really just say it to you like this. You know things are not right with God. You're not owning your relationship with God. You're not serving God. You're not honoring God. You're living in sin. You're not owning your relationship with God today. You just know, I'm not right with God. I know I'm not owning my relationship with God. I, I've never owned a, had a relationship with God. I've never owned a relationship with God. Or, or I used to own my relationship with God, but I don't, I don't now. I've drifted away. I, I'm, I'm in the wrong things. And, and today, I got to own my relationship with God. Would you do that? If that's you today, you're not owning your relationship with God. Things are not right with you and God. And you want them to get right today. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to recommit your life to the Lord. If that's you, as I count to three, would you raise your hand high in the air? You want to begin to own your relationship with God and confess your sin, acknowledge your sin, get right with God today. Just slip your hand up high. One, two, three. Just lift it now and say, Pastor, that's me today. See your hand. Others today. See your hand. Others today. See your hand there. Others today. So awesome. See your hand. See your hand. Come on, Midwest City, Northwest, just lift your hand high. Mabel Bassett, just lift it high. Edmund, lift it high. Those watching online, just click the raise your hand button. All right, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Is there somebody else? Just for a moment, you want to lift your hand high. Say, Pastor, I want to recommit. I see your hand there. Others today. Others today. I'm going to ask every hand that's lifted to pray this prayer with me. Confess it with your mouth. Believe it with your heart. And God's going to wash away your sins today. Pray with me now, Heavenly Father. I turn from my sin. I acknowledge that I've sinned. I confess my sin. I repent of my sin. 
and I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will follow Jesus the rest of my life. My life is yours, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.